We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your true faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle have won. Newcastle have beaten Everton by three goals to one at St. James's Park. Enjoy your cup final, I said on Twitter, Everton fans. It's like you've won a cup. Yes, it is. Thank you for your help, Everton. More on you later. It's an absolutely... Well, it's, we're, we're recording on the Wednesday. We've had 24 hours almost to enjoy, to drink it in, to reminisce about a fantastic night at St. James, St. James's Park. And I've got Charlotte Robson, Adam Widgerton and Norman Riley on this podcast to talk to you people about a truly magnificent result and occasion for Newcastle United last night. Adam, what a win! What a night! How good was it for you, my friend? Honestly, I haven't come down yet. I'm, I'm, I'm still the, the adrenaline's still coursing through my veins. It was, it was magnificent. It was magic. It was, I just it, the city was alive with it, you know, and it, it just felt like, it felt like something special was happening, and it felt more than just a victory. It felt more than just three points against, you know, bottom half of the side, uh, bottom half of the table side. It was. It was huge, and I think the performance that we saw, we, what we saw last night was belief on the pitch and belief in the stands, and that spilled out in the stadium afterwards, the elation. It was a hugging strangers kind of night. It was punching the air, pinching yourself. It, it just felt, it, it, it felt like there was a change. It was a catalyst. Something has begun here, and I'm so excited for the future, and I think, I think everyone's really starting to think that we we can do this. We can survive, and yeah, I'm all here for it. It's it's magnificent. I'm, I'm still completely buzzing, and I'm sure everyone listening to this hopefully is feeling the same way. What a night! I totally agree. It was just such a sp- special thing to be part of at St James's Park last night. Like, I don't know. I we talked about it on the YouTube thing that we did. This little boy in front of me, his eyes like lit up when he saw the flag and the the server flag, and I just. It was just incredible. It really did feel like something's changed here and it's 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 just class. It was just, I've had a smile on my face all day. A very tired one, but a smile all the same. Yeah, before I come to Norman who tells us about his day, just, and, and I, I, I might have to confess to, to you, my friends, but everyone listening to also my friends, that I might do this a lot in the in the years to come. All right, I'll try and stop myself from doing it because hopefully, if this is the start of something, if we can reference these big wins against Burnley, against Leeds, against Everton, and those that are to come, and we go on to achieve the kind of things that we think the football club, well, we know the football club want to achieve, but I think that we can achieve. Um, 
I'll always compare nights last like last night to fucking like you know West Ham at home and Wolves away yeah. and Villa away this season. How this football team and it was predominantly the same football team. To give Eddie Howe, I'm going to talk about Eddie Howe later, but to give Eddie Howe a lot of credit, yes, Kevin Trippier comes in more on him later. He's got Chris Wood, but who's I think it's fair to say not as good as Callum Wilson. Mm-hmm. The rest of the team, apart from the left-back aside, it's the same team. They're the same lads that were doing so badly under the previous manager to produce a performance on an occasion like last night. It's just, that that makes it feel special. If we'd gone out and had 11 new players last night, yeah, you'll take it. We'll win. We'll take the wins as they come. We can't be picky at the moment. Not yet. What we'll be able to do, though, is look at this group of lads and look at the vast improvements. I'm talking about the improvements in, in John Joe Shelby, in Fabian Shaw, in someone like Joe Willock last night, yeah. comp- compared to his his his, uh, his early season form. Ryan Fraser, a, a born-again footballer in Newcastle United. There is so much for us to talk about in this podcast, so I'll, I'll move it on, Norman. I'm really interested to hear what you thought about the occasion, about the win last night, mate, and particularly since you travelled the length of the country to see it and witness it. Seismic is how it felt. Very much like I felt in 1992 when I saw Kevin Keegan's managerial debut for Newcastle. We were struggling at the bottom of what is now the championship. Much like how same set of players, right? Keegan comes in, brings in a couple of signings. Brian Kilclain, Kevin Sheedy. That first game we battered Bristol City 3-0. And the whole mood had changed in a very short space of time. It's taken a bit longer with how I think. Obviously, football's changed a lot since early 90s in any ways, right? But how has it come into a club that is on its on its back, demoralised? Players not necessarily having really trained properly for a couple of years. Lack of self-belief around the club. A fan base that's absolutely fed up. A stadium that looks like it's fallen apart. And it's taken a while. It's taken a while for him to turn things round to to where he, you know, where ideally would have had them 10 games again. It's probably been a bigger job than he initially thought when he arrived. It seems to me that it's a bigger job. I, I thought things might turn around quicker, but I think that that's not me criticising how, that's more me underestimating just how how deeply embedded the Malays was. And last night felt like the, the trigger moment. It was like everything that's gone on behind the scenes on the training ground since how arrived, since the new ownership took over last night was what was the kind of the start. That was the start for me. That that victory was absolutely huge and something just felt different. And the whole day was brilliant. I mean, I got to see my brother for the first time in what I think a couple of years perhaps, because he works offshore and he's away this weekend. He hadn't, you know, he really gets up to see matches. I think his last eleven games he hadn't seen a win. So that Getting to share that with him was was spectacular and obviously getting a day out on the drink with some very good friends such as herself from the True Faith family was absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm exhausted. I had a lot of drink yesterday. I didn't sleep very much. I've had a train journey down. I had to work on the train. I'm here now in my living room at just after what, sorry, quarter eight. I'm absolutely exhausted, but at the same time, my God, I feel happy. What a lovely time to be alive. <laughs> Totally agree, mate, and very well summed up by all of you. I think there's, you know, before we kind of get into specifics of performances and players and the match itself, I just think most promisingly for myself, that's two teams last night that are headed in different directions, okay? All right, now Everton, new manager with their fancy number 10s who don't want to sign for Newcastle because Newcastle relegation zone. <laughs> um, I was like one going, lads, two weeks is a long time in football. And I just, I just looked at the performance and... Newcastle played really well, okay, and we're going to get into to why and how in a bit. But 
I, I almost just I don't think Everton Everton have got anything on on if that's what we're capable of producing regularly in terms of our second half performance and, and the crowd are capable of producing what what they produced across the season and beyond I don't really know how we can be stopped and that might seem slightly hyperbolic and I'm not talking about against the top six but against the sides around us if we can replicate what we saw last night against mm-hmm. Brighton against Crystal Palace against Brentford we're going to pick up points and we're going to pick up points quite quickly in the next four or six weeks and it's really 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 positive for that and Adam I know one of the key things you wanted to talk about is is the word belief and Eddie Howe talks about belief a lot and confidence a lot what did you want to say about that well I think it's you know he's like you've mentioned you alluded to he's, he's had to have a bit of time to settle in and you know whereas we've had a lot of good performances we've seen improvements in many ways at the football club even on the pitch but it was about trying to it was about trying to you know, convert those performances into points. And as much as, you know, as much as we've been seeing these improvements, you know, the players have still had this 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 period of time these last couple of months where they've had to all buy into what Eddie Howe's... And, and yeah, they, they, they could say, yeah, I've bought into this. I mean, but I think last night we really, really saw everyone on that team pulling together. They knew what Eddie Howe wanted of them. They knew... What the crowd expected, and they, they and, and and I think they all thrived off that atmosphere. That atmosphere was was tangible. It was so effective. It was it was it was palpable. It was it created such a feel. It was this cauldron feeling again. The fortress St James's. We haven't had. It hasn't been that loud for for so so long. We can kid ourselves the last few years that are oh, a great little victory there. Oh, that match was decent, but. It, that consistent sound from from the from from the kickoff to the full time whistle, we, we we didn't stop and it was just it grew and grew and grew in that second half and it would just like sort of Norman alluded to it was just this bursting out of emotion and it was everything clicking everything coming together and you know you'll talk to most Newcastle fans today and most will probably now believe off the back of that that performance that that is the springboard to going on to achieve something for the rest of the season that we can drag ourselves out of danger and actually possibly do, do it with a bit of style as well, although that's not that's not um, absolutely required. But I just think that was a mood shift and what we, we saw what this club is right now and what it could be. We saw a glimpse of that future and I think everyone in that stadium and everyone associated with this football club wants to taste it. I think that belief is the really interesting word, isn't it? Because from pre-kickoff the players believed we could be Everton everyone in that stadium apart from the Everton fans believed that we could be Everton they, it. <laughs> they believed it too <laughs> but there was that that was the belief wasn't it you know Adam you said there that the players knew, knew what Eddie Howe wants to do they know what he's trying to achieve but you're absolutely right and, and they also believe that he can and believe that they can they believe that they're part of that project and that that the, they're not like that's out of out of our reach. It is so exciting as a fan to be watching to watch players who really believe. Like who are you know when we started at kickoff, what not twentieth but nineteenth, I think. Like to watch players who were there in the, in that in that position in the table and and the belief that they had are oh, just. I feel really lucky. 
Okay, we're going to take a, a really short break. Now, we have some adverts coming up. We'll be back straight after them. If you don't like listening to the adverts, all of these podcasts go out on our Patreon platform, advertisement-free. You also get 25 to 30. But, but to be honest with you, more than that these days, podcasts per month for your £6.60. It keeps this free show going, uh, and we'd love to have you on board. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I agree, and this is something I think we've all said before, and probably a lot of people um, listening to this uh, believe will agree, is that this just doesn't sound like a football club that is in the relegation zone. Teams do not like coming to St. James's Park. Frank Lampard talked about it before the game. There are kind of people within the football world, in the football media community, talking about the atmosphere at St. James's Park once again. And that, you know, Watford don't have that. Norwich don't have... Mm-hmm. No one. People want to go to Watford. People want to go and play Norwich at Norwich because they're likely to win and, and there's not going to be the intensity there. Might be doing those teams a disservice, but I watch them, I don't care. <laughs> They'll get over it. Um, Watford podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that the, the, there seems to be so much going in Newcastle United's favour moving forward. And it you know it's not just this win. It's the fact that we're now unbeaten in four Premier League games. We probably should have taken 12 points from those four Premier League games again. Can those other teams around us look back at the past four and think, oh, we should have taken 12 points? I don't think that they can. You know, Eddie Howe has yet to lose to a team you wouldn't expect Newcastle United to lose to. Every single time we've come up against a team in the bottom half or a team that you'd, you'd consider that Newcastle United should at least be taking points from, as a minimum, we have taken points from. So just on the back of that night, lots and lots of positives. Norman, um, I know you want to talk a little bit about Everton as well, but I just wanted to pick you up on a point you made pre, um, pre-show that you uh, were very impressed through the lack of panic at going 1-0 down. Uh, the players have been transformed, right? So if you think of... Five five weeks ago, six weeks ago, players like Fabian Shea, John Joe Shelby, um, Joe Linton, Ryan Fraser, we 
looked at them and thought, well, Hull's just got to get them playing better, right? And you're thinking there's a, there's a level that they can hit. But something's changed over the last few weeks, right? Leeds obviously was a huge win. And I did the podcast on Monday with Charlotte and the lads from Watford, Burnley and Norwich. And I think I said on there, at the minute, it feels weird because I look at that team that we have and I, I don't necessarily see any weaknesses that are really concerned. Like now it's, it's gone from being concerned about what we could put out on the pitch and how much work how has to do to all of a sudden being in a position where I, I don't I don't feel that we've got any any real weaknesses. It's um it's very strange how quickly it I've all I've all of a sudden started thinking, hold on a second. We are playing a game of football here, we've got a goal down and I haven't seen a lack of, of, I haven't seen the kind of belief in the confidence drain. You know, there's been times, especially under Bruce, where you can, you can visibly, you can, it's, it's visible, a lack of confidence in the kind of players going in their shells. It, it's quite obvious we've gone to go down. Whereas last night, they scored and I didn't feel panic at all. And obviously we equalised very quickly, which helped because, you know, if it had gone up a half an hour and we'd created nothing, then maybe I would have started getting worried. But, that last night was the first time in how long I can't remember that we've gone to go behind and I haven't worried. And I think I said to you last night on the post-match video we did, I genuinely think it would be catastrophic if we got relegated. Now, I can't foresee it. I just cannot see it happening. In fact, right now, how we played last night, how we played in the last four games, uh, you know, we haven't played brilliantly the three prior last night, but we, we didn't lose. I'm looking at it and thinking, what, eight points off the 10th? Yeah, man. Like, that's, that's where I'm looking now. I'm, 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 but I genuinely am, and you know what it is. Though? Is that is that not testament to the the that where we come back to that belief, right? The belief is back amongst the fans. It's amongst the players. And instead of looking down, instead of looking at the bottom three, we're starting to think actually we put a run together. We could be we could be comfortable, comfortable by sort of the end of March. Now I might be getting a bit excited, but I genuinely felt last night that something something changed, and there was a maturity on the pitch. There was an intensity when there needed to be, and there was a a link between the fans and the coaching staff and the players that just seemed unbreakable. So I maybe I'm reading too much in a one ninety minute match, but God Almighty, let me have this. Well, as you talk, Norman, literally during your your words there, losing my voice because I have not had a voice today after last night. People who've listened to the Match Day podcast on Patreon will understand why. <laughs> um, uh, Norwich have just gone one up, uh, so we're back in the relegation zone. <laughs> it's like, literally, as you were talking about like qualifying for, you know, if they still do the Intertoto Cup, we could, we could squeeze in the back door, we're back in the relegation zone. Um, but there is much, there's still 89 minutes to play in that match, and I don't think it changes anything you said, I completely agree with you. Let's move into... Doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter what they do, mate. Yeah. No. Doesn't matter what they do. What matters, Charlotte, is we have a right-back that plays for us who I think could get a game at every single other Premier League club. 100%. It would start 100%. And Norman talked about maturity on the pitch last night. That is led by Kieran Trippier. Like, I cannot, I, I cannot fault this performance last night. He is so technically gifted at football. He's so intelligent and reads the game so well. But he's also... An incredible leader who just, um, who just, you know, that that goal went in. It came off Lascelles, and 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 it wasn't originally given to Lascelles, and and 
that sort of came became clearer later on. But they he could see that it had come off the cells. There were two in the in the in the goal as it as it came as it went in. And he just picked the ball up, picked them up, like, come on, like let's go, like we can still do this. Like that is exactly the kind of attitude we need on the like it's, it comes back to that it comes back to belief, doesn't it? Like, all right, fine, they've scored. Let's we can score. We can score and we'll score more than them. Like <laughs> he, he knew Within 60 seconds. Yeah. What was it, 100 seconds? Well, this is it. Within 60 seconds, he was taking the corner that led to the LaSalle's header, the crossbar and in. So you're right. Like, he was just focused. And he, like you said, he led by example. And as Norman was alluding to before, it was that professional performance. He was professional. He's just incredible. Like, it was so joyous to watch him. Like, you know, absolute, like, power, power balls being chucked at him and he just like deals with them and he's just little <laughs> he's not a big guy and he just deals with them so elegantly like I couldn't I couldn't believe how good how good he was watching him yesterday and we've seen like we saw him against Cambridge and we saw him against Watford and and he, and he is he has that natural leadership but last night was just it was just a class above and I it just and everybody you know, Alex, we talked about it on one of our YouTube videos, I think, about, about the players bedding in. And you were saying you don't want the players to bed in at our low level. He's he's bringing everyone up. He really is. I mean, look, you know, the, the defensive work he did yesterday and, you know, that organisation, he kept it solid. And he, he again, people looking to him for to set the example. But going forward, so dangerous, so dangerous on the right-hand side. He created the most chances in the entire match yesterday. He had the most attacking third passes in the in on the pitch, uh, put in the most crosses, most corners. He put in he was the second highest tackler yesterday as well. Like it was an all round performance. And obviously I'm not having you mentioned the goal, so it's you know <laughs> you, you, you know, what a flawless performance. Essentially assist for Lascelles. Obviously it didn't quite work out that with the own goal, but you know, what what a performance and the look on his face and how much it meant to him. Um, you know, scoring and winning, winning that game. He, he was, he's here. This is his club, and it, you know, absolutely, absolute joy to see him in a Newcastle shirt. Totally agree with all that. I can't really add too much. I, I like the fact he's just hard. He's a hard <laughs> bloke. Yeah, you know, he's, he, he get he doesn't stay down. He gets up. You can't really hurt him. I don't think he has. He feels pain. <laughs> he's, he's just he's and he's always doing the post match interviews, and he, he speaks very well. You can just tell this is a guy who's used to like. Like the the upper echelons of this yeah. industry of football, he, he speaks when he's in England, Judy. He speaks to the Champions League when he plays for those clubs. There was some spicy little, um, like on pitch scuffles as well that he got himself involved in, which uh, you know was it was quite nice to see. It's hard, yeah, he's hard. You don't want to mess with him. <laughs> you don't, and we won't because he plays for us, <laughs> not the other team. As Norman has just said to me, he, he is he is good at shit housery. Yeah, he's good. He. he I think someone, and I, I hate doing this, and I say it all the time when I say someone messaged me, because I'd rather give credit where it is due, um, but I can't. <laughs> um, someone said, like, the, the referees respect him. Like, when he talks to the referees, they listen. The, the, they'll have a conversation with him. He's not captain. Mm. Whereas a lot of players, you'll just see the referees mouthing, go away, go away, <laughs> where it's like, I'm not going to, I can't speak down to Kieran because he'll chin me. Um <laughs> But yeah, that you know that was one of a number of performances, and, and I suppose I, I, I do want to talk about a couple more performances. Norman, I'm going to come to you. Actually, you want to talk about a central midfielder who has uh, had a lot of criticism this season, and that could probably be all of our central midfielders. So who is it in particular you thought had a fantastic game, mate? 
Stuart Willock slash Willock, however we're going to pronounce <laughs> it. Um, I'm just going to say Willock slash Willock from now on forever. Um, in fact, you know what? I like him that much. I'm just going to call him Joe. Um, <laughs> this is a player who we invested a lot of hope in when we signed him, right? Because of the the miracle. Like what he performed last season when Newcastle United was a football and miracle. It'll be spoken about in hundreds of years' time. You know, when we're all living. Well, I mean, I won't be living, but when people are living in the sort of climate climate dystopia, they'll be like. <laughs> God, have you heard the story about Joe Willock? Have you heard the miracle of Joe? Um, he was, and I think we we probably have been underwhelmed by him this season. Underwhelmed in the sense that he he's been nowhere near the levels that he was last season, right? But there are mitigating factors. There's the fact that he arrived late. There's the fact that the takeover happened. The fact that he was playing under Steve Bruce, who is quite literally the worst football manager I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and he struggled, you know, he struggled a little bit with injuries. And he's been in and out the side, and he hasn't been playing. And you know he's been playing different positions. But ultimately, yesterday, what he did was he continued where he left off at Leeds, right? Right. He plays against Burnley. He's a vital part of that game. Vital, vital to the victory because of he, because of his running. Right. He's he's his engine is is spectacular. He he hustles players. He, he works left to right. He, he gets into pockets of space. He he, just, he makes himself available all the time. Um, he comes back in against Leeds, and it's key. It was a key decision by how to bring him back in for Leeds. He started off the game against Leeds. His passing was a little bit off. Um, his kind of control of the ball was a little bit off, but that was a confidence thing, right? His desire, his running was still there. And then all of a sudden you saw his confidence visibly grows the game against Leeds progressed. And by the end of it, again, proving to be one of the vital players on the pitch, vital contribution to the victory. And last night he continued and last night was an improvement on the Leeds performance. So what I'm seeing is a player who is starting to find his role in the side, a player who is starting to believe in himself more, somebody who held clearly is clearly trusting and someone I'm guessing that Hell was working with very closely because we're starting to see the player that Joe Willock can be. And I'm very pleased that I'm in the team. And I think him, alongside someone like ESM, alongside Kieran Trippier, these are players who can play huge roles in the side between now and the end of the season. You know, you don't come through the Arsenal Academy making it the first team and get so over 25 million because you're a terrible player, right? You're, you're, you've got to be a good Premier League player and that's what he is. And, and I feel his importance between now and the end of the season is... It's really going to come to the fore. Um, I just chuff for the lad. I really am. I think you said it to me, Norman. Um, when Joe Willock starts for Newcastle, they tend to win. You know, every single game we've won this season, Willock has started. That um, that turnover of possession for the second goal was 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 crucial and brilliant. You know, it was like the pass before the pass that led to the goal. But to, to have to have a player who has the legs. And legs are, are a big thing. Eddie Howe really went big in it after the Leeds game. Talked about fitness. Look at Alan Simax. I mean, look at John Joe Shelby last night. They look like the fittest players in the pitch. How the fuck did that happen? You know, like, Simax, I mean, like, before this season, hardly finished 90 minutes for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. He's in the 93rd minute last night, skinning Everton's team and, and, should, <laughs> and should have scored and made it made it more comfortable. Willock's part of that. And I, when that team came out last night, there was, there was a, 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 a sense of disappointment. And I'll talk more about that later, about Bruno not starting. But you, then you thought, fucking hell, like... John Joe and the two Joes in midfield, like wow, that 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 is a that's a midfield that screams. We're, we're not going to sit off you here. We're not we're not going to be giving you possession of the ball today. We want the ball back. Um, so that that was absolutely huge. Before we move on to a controversial player that Adam wants to kind of dig out a little bit, um, is there any any other players uh, from from you three who who you think deserve special praise last night? Anyone you just want to talk about? I would say Matt Target. Yeah, Great I shot. thought he slotted in excellently, and and you know what it was? Obviously, he was just it was it was a novel thing to have a left back just 
be a left back, be a Premier League quality left back. Didn't do anything flash, didn't do anything he didn't need to, but he, he marshaled the ball well, he anticipated crosses, he knew when to leave it, he was meeting headers and obviously bombing up and down that left-hand side. Hilarious that he's sort of starting to learn that he and Sam Maximan will not probably pass to him, but, you know, his <laughs> dummy runs are still important. But I think what that is, there's an important point to be made there. Matt Target's presence in behind sort of takes the shackles off Sam Maximan and allows him to do what he needs to do because we know we have that cover behind him and it's more steady and solid cover than we've had for a long time. A proper left back, that that ability to be able to enable Sam Maximan to do what he does best, produce magic out of nothing, I think that's kind of an unsung quality of target as well, which also helps the team because of how important Sam Maximan is. I think he's just, Matt Target's like, he's just, he's not a flashy player, is he? He's just like head down, going to do the work and he's going to do what you need him to do and he's going to do it quite well. He's going to slot in and do it. I just, I, I was really impressed with him last night as well. Real shame from that. His almost miraculous goal line clearance was then smashed into the back of the net by his own player. <laughs> He <laughs> um, was so good and athletic. Yeah. Like he had no right to clear that ball. Um, really, really good. Speaking of the bloke who smashed it into the back of the net, you, you thought there was one player last night, Adam, uh, in Jamal Lascelles, who who maybe didn't reach the heights of his teammates. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because I've, I've seen a lot of feedback um, since the game last night praising him. Huge performance, captain's performance, and yeah, like he won a few headers and got a few challenges in. But he's just somebody who does not instill confidence in me particularly when we're trying to play out from the back, which we do, when he has the ball at his feet, I get that fear that I got with with Mike Williamson. And again, not his fault. It's just he's not a ball-playing centre-back. And, you know, one of the reasons Byrne will have been brought in is because he is a ball-playing centre-back and that's how Eddie Howe wants to play moving forward. And I, you kind of you're kind of fearful of cells in a way because I don't think long-term he fits into what Eddie Howe wants to do and wants to achieve. And that's not his fault it's just the kind of player he is. And I, you know, look, I, I don't necessarily want to bring this down and make it negative. And I'm just trying to be kind of realistic. You know, we a lot of people before the game last night were kind of hoping that Byrne would have started ahead of Lascelles. Obviously, he had that toe injury, which didn't, you know, didn't make that happen. But I just got the fear. And I thought that a couple of times, especially when, say, Everton started to press quite aggressively in that second half, particularly with sort of players like Richarlison, breathing down his neck, running at him. He just sort of hesitated. He was clumsy, quite slow to react. And you just, it, I don't know, it feels like a remnant of a of a team before. And that's sort of not the direction that, we, that we're moving in. I think he's been a very good servant, but I think the future of Newcastle doesn't necessarily involve him because he's just a different kind of player. And I still think that, you know, you, you, You've got to remember he wasn't up against a centre half, uh, sorry, striker last night as well. You had um, Gordon sort of playing a false nine, and and obviously Richarlison um, playing sort of off that on on, on the wing. But th- those lapses in concentration, I just think there'll be a point when we have it when we have a squad, say in summer, when we have a squad, when we have resources to bring in better players. I just don't see him kind of fitting in long term, and you kind of think, well, if it, the the whole captain thing. Look, 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 would people have been praising him as much as he had if he hadn't maybe been involved in that first goal? If he hadn't had that header off the bar, would we have been lauding that performance as much as we did? Maybe maybe I'm wrong, maybe people disagree with me, but there's just, I don't know, there's, there's a little bit of cause for concern there just because of his that, that slow reaction and 
just that complacency. I think that he is a possible weak link in the side at the minute. But look, I, I'm still buzzing and it's still a fantastic defensive performance last night. It was regimented, it was solid. But yeah, there's just something there that, that, that irks me and niggles me. Well, I'm going to talk about two players who you, you mentioned the fear that you get with the Lascelles in. Look, I think you make some valid points. I do think that Lascelles right now, he's going to be on his toes because he knows there's competition there. But also, if he does make one mistake, he probably will get replaced. It's almost like hell at the moment, given the fact that we kept a clean sheet at Leeds and all Lascelles went off. He can't really, he couldn't really drop him. And obviously, yeah, Burns, toe injury. And the thing is, with Burn, a toe injury, you see, because he's six foot seven, his toes are probably about the size of my foot. So, like a toe injury. <laughs> Injury, you know what I mean? It's equivalent of a foot injury. Um, but I just want to quickly say that this fear you speak of is interesting because two players who three months ago, when the ball was near them or when they were on the ball in dangerous situations, I may well have panicked. It would have been John Joe Shelby and Fabian Shane. You know what's happened? You know what's, you know what's happened over the last few games? Those two players now are playing so incredibly well that it's almost like it's almost like they're not even on the pitch because they're not they're just doing everything right. The Shea's doing his job. Shelby's doing his job. There's no mistakes coming from them. There's no Shelby. You're not. You're not. You're not running enough. You're being lazy. You're, you're passing off. You're, you're trying too many Hollywood passes. He's just doing everything right at the moment, and that's the same with Fabian Shea, who was all of a sudden started channeling the defender that he was under Benitez um, in the latter stages of Benitez's final season. It's it's great to have those two players who now are on the pitch, and I've got full confidence in them. You know what happened to those players, mate. Uh those two in particular in Cher and Shelby is they've just done something which we've not seen happen to players for a long, long time in Castanet. They've just got better with coaching. We, yeah. we are seeing those players and others improve in front of our eyes like like is supposed to happen, <laughs> like is happening at Aston Villa now under Steven Gerrard. You know, when a, when a new manager comes in who's, a, who's a, a proper coach, players get better. That's the idea. You buy your players, you make them better, particularly when they play lots of games in the Premier League. So that's really positive. And the kind of third and, and final part of the show that I wanted to talk about with, with you three was the manager. Okay. So that's a massive, that's a massive night for him. Um, he's made some really big calls there. Now the Dan Byrne one with Lascelles or Shaw, we won't know, we might know for Sunday who, who starts and who doesn't, but that one was kind of taken out of his hands. And the big, the big call he has to make is Bruno um, doesn't doesn't start. The whole city is absolutely buzzing to see this kid play, and he doesn't start. That's a big call. You know, some bollocks to make that. You know, make that massive call and get it right and be proved right. Because Newcastle dominated the midfield mm. last night, in my opinion. There were only there's only one side playing proactively. There's only one side pressing. There's only one side trying to force the game, and it was Newcastle United with the midfield that he picked. He's, he's played Ryan Fraser. He's backed Ryan Fraser from the start. You've got people like me saying, Ryan Fraser, when's he going to score? When's he going to assist? <laughs> well, he did it last night. He I did. said that to my dad as soon as he scored. I was like, or like, I did to my dad. I was like, Alex has been slagging him up all season. <laughs> someone, someone at the big market uh, traffic lights as I was walking here to do the video with Norman last night for YouTube, grabbed me and just went, Ryan Fraser and walked off. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, fair enough. And I'm delighted. I've always said I'm like, you know, I want to see him contribute more and, and boy, has he contributed. Again, Eddie Howe getting the big calls right. It was a massive night for him last night, you know, particularly after Watford. Questions were asked and I think it's fair enough when questions are asked because we all know what, what we needed to do and we'll have to win games and accumulate points to stay in the league. That's the plan. It wasn't, it didn't happen against Watford. But if you look at Newcastle's, you know, in most of the games this season under Eddie Howe, 
even if Newcastle haven't gone on to win, they've been the better side. A little better side against Brentford, better side against Norwich, better side arguably against Watford. Did you know Newcastle let themselves down after taking the lead, but they were the better side against Manchester United. Again, I don't think our opponents at this part of the league can say that about a lot of fixtures. Eddie Howe's taken 13 points now from his 11 games. I put a tweet out today, I think. Um, in those 11 games, Everton have taken five points and Burnley have taken six points and Watford have taken five points. So that's the Eddie Howe effect. And it's not just about new signings. And yes, Kieran Trippi has helped. And yes, you know, there's one or two lads. But other other sides, as, as much as there doesn't seem to be an admission from the football media, other sides were allowed also to sign footballers in this window. They could have improved their teams and some of them did. Some of them have. Uh, you know, Kieran Trippi for 12.5 million quid. It's, it, I think this, what we're seeing now are the fruits of good coaching, consistent coaching, not just from Howe, but his overall coaching staff. And I'm just really, really, really uh, pleased for him. And I know you wanted to talk, Adam, about um, Eddie Howe and his commitment to the pressing game. And we saw some of the fruits of that last night. Yeah, absolutely. And just to, 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 to follow on from what you just said there, when when Eddie Howe arrived and was announced, he, you know, he did all of his his homework. He did his prep about every single player. That's how he got this job. He told them, told the owners what he would do, how he would improve the current squad. It wasn't about new signings in January. He told them how he would improve existing players. And we talked about the end of the January transfer window about, oh, well, we didn't get that attacker. And it's like, well, what needs to happen now is existing players have to step up. And we saw that. And you, you talk about Ryan Fraser, how fit and nippy and quick and alert does he look? He's a he's a thorn, he's a constant thorn in the side, and the, the, the pressing that we put them under in at the start of that first half was was absolutely genius. You know, you got players like Yerry Mina who I was actually disappointed to see go off because he's he's just a, a walking accident. They failed to play out from the back a couple of times and gave away possession in their half a, a couple of times in the first 10, 15 minutes, if memory serves. And you just thought, yeah, that's what that's what we need to do. That's where a mistake is, and. You know, you've already mentioned the turnover for Willick for that second goal. That was, again, from pushing out when they're in their own half, stopping them from countering, doing the same to them, catching them um, with their pants down, basically. And, you know, the energy that is required to do that, it's not something you can just say one day, right, yeah, everyone will press in. Pre the pressing game that we had was so strategic. It was really, really well organised. And that's something that they've had to work on for a long, long time. You talk about, you know, f getting the, the fruits of labour and, and that's what it is. We've had to build this up over weeks and weeks so everyone knows how to, when to preserve energy, when to go, when to attack, you know, smelling fear and blood in, 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 in those defenders to make them panic. And, you know, it's highlighted when uh, Jordan Pickford sort of sliced the ball and then uh, uh, Branthwaite, the, the left back, sliced it as well out for a corner. It was like, that's it. You put them under pressure. Mm. We basically do what teams have done to us <laughs> yeah. um, at the start of this season and the previous seasons as well. You know, we didn't let them rest. And I think as much as they kind of, they sort of had a bit more of a stranglehold in midfield at the, in the first maybe half hour of the game. I think beyond that, as soon as we, as yeah. soon as we scored beyond that, it was all us and the, the aggression that we showed, the desire and everyone has to pull in the right direction for the pressing to work but they did, and that was part of what I was meaning before. Everyone knew their roles. Everyone knew what they had to do, and we got success from that, and it was it was notable, and that's going to be a really powerful weapon going forward. I think what I noticed, and I was thinking of this today, reflecting on it, was that last night, 
was the first time in years, and I'm including the Rafa years in the Premier League here, championship a bit different. But last night, right, they had a little bit more possession than us, but it didn't feel like it for a start. It didn't feel like they had more possession, right? Because obviously they didn't do anything with the ball. But last night, I was watching... I wasn't watching their players for years in Newcastle in the Premier League since we come back up. I've been watching the other the other teams' players, where they're making their runs, what positions they're in, because I've been I've been worried. They had Deli Ali on the pitch last night, right? I had no idea. Deli Ali come on. I had no idea he'd come on. And that wasn't a drink. That was genuinely the fact that I just didn't I didn't I didn't notice him on the pitch. I wasn't I wasn't watching their players, and that's testament to how right what that means is is that we we've got more of the ball for a start. We're using the ball better. And we're playing in such a way that it's throwing their players out of position, and they just they just didn't concern me. So that is is absolute testament of what what Hell has done since he come in. Is is he's made me not really be concerned about the opposition's players. That's a, that's a fantastic achievement because all I've done for the past five years is worry about the other team. Last night I didn't at all. I think Eddie Howe is just he just he's just trusts what he's doing, and he's just going for it, and and and. You know, it's almost like putting blinkers on and like moving forward. It's like, I know what I'm doing is the right thing to be doing with this set of players at this club. I just have to, I just have to keep moving with it. I mean, the first few games, like, like you say, Alex, questions were asked after Watford and you start thinking like, oh God, like if we got long enough, like maybe this is a bigger project. Maybe we, we, we don't really have time on our side, but he, he, he trusts himself and he believes in the project and he's, he's just like laser focused on getting it done and 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 then you end up with a situation like as Norman says where you're not even you're not even focused on the opposition it's just about what our players can do and how fit they are and obviously all the focus after January's finished the window shuts all the focus is on Eddie it's like okay we've given you some more now it's down to you and Eddie Howe talked himself about you know this pressure that's on him this gauntlet that's been laid that it's all on him now and how brilliant to have been able to carry on that momentum from the Leeds win, even with such a long break and with new players in the squad as well, to carry on that momentum um, last night, I think is so, so important. It means that, like you say, we all have that, that four-game unbeaten, but Eddie Howe has delivered last night. He delivered a performance and he was under a, a bit of pressure to do so because we all knew how critical that, that six-pointer against Everton was. It mattered more arguably than, than, than the Villa game, simply because of the league positions. Now we're a point behind Everton. But but credit to Eddie Howe. He, we, everyone questioned the lineup. maybe, that Bruno wasn't in there, but mm-hmm. he's been completely vindicated with his with his decisions and, and he's brought home three points. And this, the, the manner in which we did it as well also deserves a lot of credit. And sorry, I, just one second. Also... I think he probably thought if we're if we're winning and we're winning comfortably, Bruno will get his five minutes off. I'll get him out there, and he did, and he and he showed us like this very very exciting little teaser of what he might be able <laughs> to do for us. But um, but I really like the courage of the conviction to be like we have to be comfortably winning for him to get the five minutes on the pitch, and and then uh, and it's just it's just like it's like the teaser trailer. I can't wait. What a five. It was great. What a five minutes. It was amazing. The, 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 who scored have just said, you know, so Bruno Guimaraes was one of the only, one of only four Newcastle players to complete a key pass dribble and tackle against Everton. He played the final three minutes of our time, <laughs> earning a higher rating than five of Everton's 10 starting outfielders. <laughs> oh, well, I'm excited. We're going to, we're going to finish off, uh, we're going to finish off on, on one of Everton's players but we're going to, Norman just wants to add something quickly about poor old Jacob hit the post Murphy as he's known around these parts now. That, that, 
That's what I was going to say, Jake, and Murphy. I mean, basically, if he'd had shots that had been like sort of one inch to the to the left, I think, in, in each game that he's played, he would have had like three goals in, in three games. Um, I'm kind of feeling a bit for Jake at the minute, but as an impact player coming off the bench, again, between now and the end of the season, he could be quite useful. You think of it last night where he brought on Bruno for five minutes, Trippier guns off, Mankio comes on, like solid, and Jake Murphy comes on as a kind of impact. So, like, I'm, I'm imagining this, but do we seem to have a little bit of strength in depth? What? What a time to be alive again. I can't stop seeing it. Wow. Charlotte, talk to us about Jordan Pickford, please. Always, all day long. Brilliant, wasn't it? Watching that man get more and more wound up is like, like a sport for me in itself. Like, I just... He, he cannot, and again, I, I said this in our YouTube thing that Alex and I do every week that will be out soon. Um, la- last time they played at St. James's Park, uh, he didn't play, but, and there, were, there wasn't even crowds in the stadium. Like, that's how rattled he gets by St. James's Park. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, and the crowd do not stop, and I love it. But... Um, God, he was terrible last night, wasn't he? He was just <laughs> having an absolute shocker, and... Uh, and, and so angry he was shouting at the, I think after it was it was it was after Trippier's incredible free kick which we haven't even talked about but suffice to say it was fucking brilliant um he started shouting at his defense he was shouting at them he was pointing at them it's like it's to the walls fault like blah 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 <laughs> um he, he's the one with the little arms and um and then at one point because because I was like on in the east end, but closer to the Gallagher, so for the second half he was pretty much in my eye line. Um, there was one point which was just brilliant, where uh, I think there was a bit of a scramble in front of the goal, and I, I don't think we scored, but uh, he, he like balled up his fists and stamped his foot. Like he's, he becomes a child when he when he plays against us, and when he's playing at, at St James's Park. I mean, even even at the um, even at uh, Goodison, he become if he just he cannot cope with Newcastle fans, and it's such a beautiful thing <laughs> to me to see. There is a, a look, and it's a nice way to finish the show. This there is a really warm feeling over me at the minute, not just because Newcastle United are absolutely fucking class, uh, or the were last night. It's that I'm really now getting into how bad Sunderland are. Before it was just like <laughs> this thing that was in the background now, but Sunderland are a fucking disaster. They are an absolute disaster. <laughs> You've got Jordan Pickford, who every any time he like heads into a northeast postcode or like an any postcode, uh, loses his head. Um, and then you've got you've got it full time last night when uh, I'm sure the bloke that works in the stadium, like he could just be like and scores from the local teams, and he goes and news from Division One, um, <laughs> Cambridge United two, Sunderland one, whoever they play, I don't Chel- know. they're all the same. Chel- there. Those, those teams all begin with C in the base down the south somewhere, but like. <laughs> It's just it's just really nice to be able to enjoy their failure because while they've been a disgrace for most of my lifetime, um, <laughs> Newcastle have also been a disgrace, and now Newcastle are moving forward. Like you've got you've got the prospect of moving up the table, beating Everton in World Cup final, and be, you know dragging them to the relegation zone. There's a man dressed as a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, fantastic! In the stadium, and again, try explaining that to someone who doesn't like football. <laughs> Try explaining exactly the, how that's that, funny. The photograph of Jordan Pickford locking eyes with the T-Rex. Is, <laughs> it's so good. I love it. It's so original because it hasn't happened anywhere else, isn't it? It's, it's going to happen all the time now. Like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's probably someone going to start following around wherever he shops like, in that costume. <laughs> but it was it was a brilliant night. We, ha- we have to finish. 
Um, Norman, you, you, you say you want to give the, a shout out to the T-Rex person. What do you want to say? No, no, you've, you've done it for us. I was just taking it in case we forgot. I just think um, the man, the, the, the person, sorry, who did it, um, wow, like all all sort of respect for you. What a brilliant, brilliant thing to do. I think we're one step away now from somebody literally replacing a T-Rex in Jurassic Park with Jordan Pickford as a meme. And um, I'll offer one welcome that day. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I also want to give a quick shout out because uh, just before the match, I got the pleasure of talking to the Allendale Mags who uh, came and chatted to me in the North Terrace. So uh, I promised them I would say hello. So hello and thank you for saying hi. We could talk all night about this, but we'll not. Everyone's knackered. I'm really tired. I've got to put this podcast together after as well, <laughs> amongst other things. And we're on Patreon, £6.60 a month, over 600 people have joined us, which is just uh, very humbling, to be honest with you. Thank you so much for your support and everyone who listens to this podcast. Uh, those of you who've listened for a long time, uh, well done to you because we've just talked about defeat after defeat and <laughs> horrific manager and player after horrific manager and player. And finally, we'll have some hope. Finally, it looks like the football club is, well, I'll say the football club is moving in the, di- the right direction and we're very excited for the future. So come and join us on Patreon. Just before the Aston Villa game, we've got a full Newcastle United Aston Villa preview We'll have Craig Hope tomorrow night talking about the Everton game, looking back to looking ahead to the Villa game, and we'll have Warren Barton doing the same things. Norman's going to chat to Warren Barton, and if I could dream of a person to talk to about Kieran Trippi, I couldn't think of someone better than Warren Barton. So come and join us on Patreon, £6.60 a month. Also, if you like this show, please leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your, to your podcast. That does us a tremendous amount of good and helps the show a lot. Okay, thank you to you three for your company. Uh, and talking about this fantastic night thank you to everybody who listened we'll be back monday night uh, as uh, we look back on hopefully an unbelievable week for Newcastle united with a victory against aston villa speak to you all then bye-bye this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.